You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Well, good morning. Isn't it a great day to be in church? Great day to be alive. And uh, I think I said this when some of we were greeting people, but I walked outside today and I thought, do I even need a coat? It's t-shirt weather. How many of you guys are enjoying this weather? My goodness. How many of you guys think it's stay like this the next three months? Say aye. Opposed, you can have whatever you want. All right. Um, but uh, hey, again, just two things I want to highlight is, is uh, again, Grow Conference starts next Sunday. We have a guest speaker here. We'll have one on College Road as well. And, and then next Sunday night, 7 p.m., um, uh, we, we have a seminar, uh, or excuse me, uh, the, 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 uh, our speaker is going to be doing a seminar Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night on spiritual gifts and, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then Wednesday night, and then we have, you know, go, go online and the schedule's there. We have 5.30 uh, classes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well with one of our speakers. It's going to be a great time. Look forward to that. Also, I think we've hired 10 or 11 folks for our school leader or for our, our academy. We are looking for a couple more teachers or aides. And so if that interests you, uh, go to the QR code here and uh, apply online. Love to, love to hear, if, love to see if you'd like to be a part of that. Um, our theme this year, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors, and uh, we live stream our second gathering. Would you give it up for those watching the line today and thank them for being a part of us uh, as they're remote today. Our, our theme this year is stronger. And I just, it's, it's something that the last month I've just been in prayer going, what's our theme? And I'm not a theme guy usually. I mean, I, I, I like, I, I, I have ADD I, when I say that. I, I've never been diagnosed, but let's go ride bikes. Um, and so I, I, we, we picked a theme stronger this year, and I feel like it resonates. Billy, Pastor Billy and I, who pastor, pastors in Nanana, are kind of writing this sermon series for the year, and we're, we're talking about stronger families and marriages the next two months, and then stronger influence in March, and then we're going to move. Um, actually, is scheduled Dr. Brian Pingle to come with us. Um, he's he's uh, done a lot of writing and on, on mental health and how to equip parents with children with mental health issues. And so we're actually going to be talking about, talking about stronger mental health in, in April. And actually, uh, we're going to do a seminar for parents to equip them. Um, and, and then in May, we're going to talk about stronger advocates. And we're, gonna, um, we're actually going to, this year, help Builders International build a home um, overseas in one of the countries that does a lot of sex trafficking. And we're going to build a safe house. And we're going uh, uh, to be advocates. How do we stand up for those that don't have a voice? Um, uh, and then we're talk through the summer on Nehemiah, stronger foundations and walls, and how do you rebuild walls in your life? How do you develop some things that maybe have been dormant for a while? And, um, and then uh, we'll, we'll launch in the, in the um, school year when we do our life groups, we're going to talk about uh, 40 Days in the Word, a stronger relationship with the Word of God. How do we, as Christ followers, grow stronger? And then we're going to end the year um, talking about what made, the, what made the wise men so wise, how, their, their, their worship, how, how to have stronger worship, how to have a stronger, how many want to know we become what we worship? And, and uh, in our culture, sometimes we worship the wrong things, so we become the wrong things. And so I'm excited about 2024. I believe it's going to be a great year. Um, today, we're going to start talking about stronger families, and really the next seven, eight weeks. Next week, again, our, is our Grow Conference. Um, but the week after Grow Conference, I, if I could beg you to come to church, I, I don't beg people to come. Um, but I really believe in our week of prayer and fasting. God gave me some insight. Um, we're working on, uh, the next time we talk about families, we're talking about how to, get, how, to, how, to, how to help our students, our young people, our, our children, and I could say our grandchildren, 
And, and I, when I say children, there's some people here, you might not have kids at home, but you mentor or disciple or a part of children's lives or teenagers' lives or young adults. There are spiritual kids. And we can, we can be spiritual parents for people. And uh, we're going to do a couple weeks on how to teach our kids the truth about biblical sexuality and gender. And I feel like God gave me some revelation. And I, I don't stand up here very often and say, you need to be here. But I believe this. In our culture, the, the, the family is the basic building block of culture. And we're going to talk about how to teach your kids about healthy sexuality and gender issues. Because I'm convinced of this. And here's my fear. Some of us have a hard time teaching our own kids about sexuality because we have shame. We have regret. We have some past hurt. And it's hard to, it's hard to uh, teach our children about sex, healthy sexuality when we have had unhealthy sexuality in our past. And here's the deal. But schools will gladly pick up the void if we don't get healed and get healthy and teach our kids. The schools will do it. And the school's curriculum is not the same as the Bible's. We have to be stronger. This is, this is pivotal. This is where the rubber meets the road. And if you're here like, well, I'm not a parent. You're talking about families, friends. You are around people. And if there's people around, you have a chance to impact them. So today I want to talk about um, three gifts we give to our children. Um, how many want to know, most of us, I think deep down inside, we all want our kids to do well. Anyone here want their kid to do well? And you're oh, no, like Mark, no. I have always thought I'm going to make it as hard as I can on them so they, they fail. <laughs> None of us. Jesus was even talking uh, about this widow begging for uh, uh, God to, to, for a miracle to this righteous judge. And in Matthew chapter 7, it says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? God wants to give good gifts to, our, to us, and God wants us to know how to give good gifts to our kids. Um, now, how many want to know when you parent, things change as you, as you have more kids? When we had our first daughter, I mean, if she dropped the binky on the floor, we had another safe binky to give her, and we'd take that other one and boil it before we ever gave it back to our second kid. <laughs> how many want to know with our second kid, it's, it's like, you know, why do I have to boil a binky? Um, so with the second kid, we just run it under hot water. Third kid... You suck that binky in your own mouth and put it in their mouth right afterwards, right? <laughs> Fourth kid go, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm busy enough. You give it to the dog, lick it, right? <laughs> when we adopted our son Fulton, deal with life, buddy. Cowboy up. You don't need to self-soothe with a binky. Grow up. What's wrong with you? Quit crying. You know, you know, um, you know <laughs> it's amazing how our first kid gets more pictures and things change. But, but, but how is it as, as Christ followers? Because life is busy. And we want, I, I think we want, we want to give our kids the best. We want them to be happy. We want to find the best schools for them if there's options. The best sports team. The best, the coolest shoes or the trendy jeans or the latest phone. Um, and, and, and we want to give our kids the best. But, but I, I'm convinced at times we actually can hurt our kids more than help them. And I, I just want to start our conversation today with three ways I, I, I want to propose that I believe we're hurting our kids. And then I want to look scripturally at three things we can do that I believe will benefit our children and help them. See, I think, with, uh, uh, I, I think my fear or, is that we actually could sacrifice our kids 
on the altar of happiness because we want them to be happy and we didn't realize. In fact, I have a statement here. We need to worry less about today's happiness and more about tomorrow's readiness. Are we making our kids ready? Are we making them ready for life? Are we making them ready for the challenges of life and the anxieties of life and the fear? If we have a mental health crisis with kids with anxiety and fear, and I want to propose, I think some of that is that maybe we have, we've not prepared our kids for some challenges in life because we want them to be happy all the time. And so three ways giving can hurt our children. And I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I think I can point fingers at you as just as equal as I point four back at me. So I don't, I don't stand up here as a guy that's gotten A's and everything. I can sit here and, and tell you about the failures and the things I wish I could, would have done differently. Um, but, but, but we're all in this together. So three things. Number one, we give them things they didn't earn. We give them things they didn't earn. You know, there was a day and age in life when you, you know, and you still see this at the carnival. Um, there are certain rides at the fair that there's a height requirement for. There's certain levels of openness, but I think uh, in our culture today, and I think it starts when we take our kids to the grocery store and they start grabbing stuff, stuff from the shelves and they put it in. They're like, no, we don't need that, Sally. And you put it back and they start crying. And you're like, well, I guess I'd rather have this in my, in, in my basket right here than my kid crying. So we show them that they can get what they want without ever having to earn it. And it's just, it just kind of slides in. Um, but our culture reinforces this thing called entitlement. Hey, congratulations, you get a participant award. You participated. There was a day not everyone got an award. And it was okay. And, and, and so now you get a trophy not for winning but for showing up. And, 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 and friends, showing up shouldn't be the reward. Showing up should be the baseline. Hey, you, that's just an, exp you're, you're supposed to show up. You're supposed to be here. How many want to know half a life is just waking up and the other half is showing up? And, and, and so sometimes we give them what they don't earn. And, and one of the best things we can do is give our children the blessing of earning the blessing. Now, I'm not saying earning like the spiritual blessing we can give them, but the reality is this. It is, in my house, we have, we have, my wife does so well. She has this calendar, and yesterday she spent time writing it out for this month, and she's got the big events that are at the church or whatever, and then she writes down who's doing what chores, and, and there's certain chores that our kids have. Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to wipe the baseboards. I don't care if you don't want to wipe the baseboards. I pay for your heat. Well, you're the dad, you're supposed to. Oh, no, I can turn it off in your room if you want. No, I wouldn't do that. Well, no, don't, maybe I would. Depends what they did to me, no. But, 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 you know, you do chores, and when you do your chores, then you get the reward. And, and you have a car, and my kids know when they get to a certain age, they have a car, and guess what? They, if they have a car, they have a job. That's just called reality. Okay, there's just things we do. There's rewards you get. You don't just get a car. You, you have to get a job. Because 
Uh, we want, and in fact, I, I've often taught my kids, I, I've, I, I'm, gifts of encouragement is like, I, just, I love, I just, that's my, that word, love language is, my love language is encouragement. So I, you're a winner and a champion, I believe in you. But I've learned to attach those words to stuff. If you ask most of my kids, that the older ones, you ask them, where does success, where's the only place success comes before the work? They'd say the dictionary. And I tell my kids, you're, gonna, you're a winning champion. You know why? Because you work hard. And when you work hard, that's where you get rewarded. You teach them those, those things. You teach them. Um, you, you teach them that they can earn things. Um, uh, you can live in my house during college, and that's my, that's, we've told our kids, if you, you, you can go anywhere you want to college. There's only, there's limited amount of money we can give you, but if you go to college and you go in Fairbanks, you can live here, and we actually can help you more because we'll buy your soap and your shampoo, and we'll do those things. You can move out if you want, and when you move out, great, but when you move out, you pay for your car insurance, you pay for your car. It's all on you. But we can help you if you stay here. And part of, part, part of that is just going, hey, we, we want to help you learn how to grow up. And, and so sometimes um, uh, and people might say, well, I had my kids, well, that's not fair, Dad. I'm thinking, like, it's not fair? Then go get your own house and find out what fair is. Amen. Deal with your landlord on fair. Um, but if you're in our house, it's our rules. If you want different rules, move out. That's the way it works. Number two, we give, we give them praise they don't deserve. And because we love our kids, well, sometimes we'll say, you're the smartest kid in the world. You're the best. Another thing would say is, you know something? I, I, I want to let you know I'm so proud of your grades. It shows how hard you worked. Praise the, 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 the process, not just the reward. I'm so proud of the hard work you did that made you that. Instead of you're the smartest, wow. Notice what happens when you study hard, what happens? See, they did a recent study that said when, when, that, that when we overpraise, that we make praise cheap and it actually robs kids of their confidence. Could it be that we actually can overpraise our kids it causes anxiety because they think the whole world revolves around them and when they realize the whole world doesn't revolve around them all of a sudden they get this anxiousness anxiety begins to and so we have this we have we have a culture with anxiety and depression and ice and issues like this and i some of it could boil down to could it be that we've overpraised them and they haven't learned that hard work is the goal not just praise does it make sense? I hope it does. We want our kids to realize that there's a process. Uh, we praise our kids for who they are, not just what they do. We praise them for who they are, not just what they do. I, 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 I want to, I'm so proud of your hard work. I'm so proud of how you, you, you did some extra credit because you didn't do this here. Um, praise them for who they are. Um, uh, give them, uh, don't, don't, we don't, we, we don't want to give them what they didn't earn. And we want to praise them for what they don't, we don't want to praise them for what they don't deserve. And thirdly, we, we give them freedoms they can't handle. In our culture, we're overly protective in some areas and foolishly naive in others. 
We won't let a 10-year-old cross the road by himself, but we'll give him a, a, a portal to pornography and without any boundaries. And then we wonder why a middle schooler is attacked, addicted to porn, but we gave them the portal for it. So we have to be aware of, of, of what's, what, you know, in fact, I have a nine-year-old, and, and once or twice a week, we'll be in the hot tub together, and, and I do it, and I'll say, I say, Fulton, do you realize that God made you and me, and he made us very unique? And not, not only are our private parts different, do you realize that our eyes are very, very important to guard? I said, Fulton, do you realize that you and me can do really stupid things with our eyes and the devil would love for us to see things we shouldn't see? And when you're on the tablet and you're on YouTube or you're whatever, do you realize that God would love to see, let you see girls that aren't your sisters completely without clothes? And we talk about pornography. We talk about that. We're gonna talk about that a couple of weeks from now. Appropriate levels of communication on what, what do we, how do we communicate? But friends, we, we, have, to, we have to understand that the goal is not to completely con, uh, 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 protect our kids from everything, but we want them to have freedoms, but we want the freedoms to correspond with some trust and some discipleship that begins to grow. And, and, and uh, you, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, 20, 22 year old young man asked me if he could date my daughter a couple, a couple months ago. And I said, if I had a $300,000 car in my garage and you asked me to drive my car, you think I'd let you drive my car? I don't even know you. But yet, are we, are, are, are we slowly learning how to give our kids the freedom because our kids are more important than the $300,000 car? Now, I don't have a $300,000 car. I'm just letting you know that. Nor would I even want a $300,000 car in Fairbanks, Alaska. But, but see, when we give people things they don't earn and we praise what they don't deserve and we give them freedoms they cannot handle, and then we wonder why there's the challenges that we have. So, so w- w- let's, let's learn some things. How, uh, what are some things we can give our kids? What are some healthy uh, 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 strategies to, to, to raise our sons and daughters and impart Biblical truth in the next generation. What are some, uh, uh, the, the most recited, most essential prayer in Judaism is the Shema, which you see in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, there's some things that you should talk about all the time in your home. Not just like the big talk. There's things that you should talk about when you sit down, when you get up, when you lie down. Tie them as symbols on your hand. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now from that prayer, I want to teach three gifts that we give to our children. Number one, a community worth having hear O Israel he didn't say hero Zweifels hero Smiths hero Gerald's hero Joneses hero Israel now in that culture Israel now now, now I grew up everyone in here has a different family background history you know 
I grew up in, in, a, in a farm, a dairy farmer's home, and having people just drop by to say hi was very inconvenient. When you didn't know what time you're going to come in from the barn, you didn't know what you'd smell like when you came in from the barn, and so you just didn't have people stop by. But, but, but then I became a youth pastor, and so they'll just stop by and think, like, just stop by? Like, do I need to make an appointment? No, no, just drop by. It's just every culture is different. Every, in my home, I mean, I, my, I have twin brothers. I, 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 have a, I have a mom and dad, believe it or not. Um, and, and, but, but our extended family, we saw our extended family maybe once or twice a year. They maybe came to grandma's house once a year. And my cousins, we had interaction once a year. And, and then I, I met Heidi's family. Everyone's your cousin in Hispanic Mexican family. And I realized, oh my, and they all can cook. And I remember I went to, a, I, I spoke at a, a Spanish church, or a Mexican, not Hispanic, Hispanic church in Tacoma, Washington, about 1,200 people at Life Center, a Spanish church. And this guy came up and says, I'm related to you. I said, everyone in here is related to me. <laughs> your wife's my cousin. I said, that makes me your cousin. But in the Spanish culture, excuse me, in the, in the Jewish culture, they didn't, they, this was before the industrial revolution and people moved to the cities and moved away from families. I mean, so, so, so you lived. In fact, when the husband got married, you built a house onto your home while, your, while the wife's husband or the wife kept the dowry waiting to get married. And then you came and lived. And so you had your parents and the grandparents and cousins. Everyone was all, it was a different culture. And so, so, so they had a community built within them. But here's the challenge. We don't live in Israel in a nomadic culture anymore. We live in America. And, and, and there's some of you, you're in a military tr families. And so every three years or four years you're moving. And, and some of us, and so how do we have, how do we develop a community for our children? A couple things that we've done, see, a, a couple things we've done is, in, in other words, how do, how do we create a community that's worth having, that's intentional, Christ-centered community, where our kids are hanging out with Christian, Christ-centered, not just Christian kids, Christ-centered kids. How to create that? A couple things we've done. Is sometimes when there's a challenge that comes, we'll go, we'll gather our kids together and we'll say, you know, we're going to pray right now. But we're not just going to pray to the God, uh, uh, our God. We're going to pray to the God of Grandma and Grandpa Franco and the God of Grandma and Grandpa's Wifeful. And we try to show them their faith is beyond just our home. But I tell you one thing we do is we've also made sure that our kids are a part of what's going on uh, here in, in, the, in the church, in the youth ministry. See, who... Who and what we expose our children to will shape who they become and what they believe. So who are your children hanging out with? And this is important. And, and so, 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 so our, 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 in our family, our kids have two sets of friends sometimes. They have what they call their school friends. And then they have their church friends. Um, and, 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 uh, and, and in our years of raising kids for 20 some six years now, we, we've often, when we were younger, we found other families that had young kids and that we knew that the, we, we knew that where the values of the parents were and they were in our life group and some small groups. The problem now is small groups. If I picked families that were, had the same values as me, I'm going to be the 52 year old with 35 year olds because I've got a nine year old kid. 
So it doesn't always go, but, but what happens is find families with similar values, become friends so your kids have friends to hang out with. And then when your kids are over at their house, you know that if something comes up on the television screen or a conversation happens, they're going to answer the question the same way you answer question. It's important. Our boy was at three people's houses this week for the church, and I never once thought, you know, if something comes up and there's an off-color joke, I know that the mother and father in that home are going to stop it and speak into it the same way I would. Do we have that community? So you, you can pick your, you, we can't pick our children's friends, but we can influence the environment we put them in. If you're a parent of a teenager, I, I would, I, 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 there's an expectation. Our kids are like, I'm tired, Dad. I was a basketball. I, was, I, I don't care. You're going to church tonight, youth group. But I'm t- I don't care if you're tired. I might fall asleep. I don't care. I'd rather have you sleep in church than at home. You won't be messing out, messing around if you're tired. But here's the thing, I, 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 summer camps have never been a negotiable thing. Youth conference, mission trips, I want my kids to go on those, be a part of those things. Not that every kid that comes is on fire for God, I get it. But I can tell you right now, there's probably a greater chance they're going to be on fire for God because they're a part of those things, and if they're not, put them in, in, in put them around a community. And I, I've heard people say, well, my kid just thinks it's boring. I said, well, maybe they spend too much time on their phone. Or maybe they watch our faith development and we only show up on Sunday and we can't wait till it's over because there's, the, there's, a, there's a big game on or there's something else. Can I just say, you can't always believe your kid when they say they think church is boring. Because there's some things that they watch or partake of that they would say isn't boring, but it's damaging. And maybe we shouldn't believe everything our kid says. And maybe they should begin to realize that spiritual growth takes hard work. And it's not just entertainment. So at times it might feel boring, but it's not really boring. It's that they've got to engage spiritually. And, and the only way to do that is to be in the right, in the right environment. And so let's give our kids a spiritual community worth having. Um, and the, the, the next thought here is the standard worth achieving. Let's give a kid, our kids a standard worth achieving. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. It doesn't say, uh, uh, help, help your son or daughter ha- uh, love God with part of their heart. And I don't have time to unpack all of this, but I would say this. Friends, let's make sure. Again, in, in the Old Testament, to a Jew, you realize that in a Jewish family, if you were a Jew, by the age of 12, you'd memorize the first five books of the Bible. Could you imagine a 12-year-old memorizing, I mean, literally going through the law and they're, and they're quoting Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 12. I mean, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had memorized even the laws about mildew. You read chapter Leviticus, it's like, if you have a house that has mildew, you have to, you know. Um, and we think it's too hard to, to have them make their bed or, or uh, uh, we, we have to start to believe our kids are capable more than we look at them and think they're capable of. 
How, how to love God with all their heart should be our standard. How do we raise our, young, our, our sons and daughters with sexual integrity, with boundaries, uh, 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 with, with understanding of, of, of the things they listen to with music? Um, uh, in fact, if, you're, if all your heart means, and this is one thing, we, this is something Mark, Heidi and I have done, is our kids know if you live in our house, you're gonna, going to, when, you're, when you get into junior high, you're going to attend one and you're going to serve one. You don't get an option. They're going to attend one, and they're going to serve one. You know why? Here's the deal. Here's the why we ask our kids to attend one and serve one. I youth pastor for 20 years, and I saw young people that churches gave their kids a vision for their youth ministry, but the moment they went to college, they no longer had a vision for the church because they outgrew their youth ministry. It's not a vision for youth ministry we want to give our kids for. It's a vision for the church. So if my kid goes to college or marries someone and moves out of town, they know how to serve in the nursery because they've already done it. They know how to run the keynote slides for pro presenter for Sunday morning because they've already done it. They know how to greet and they know how to usher. I've given them a vision for the church and not just for the group their age specific group is. What are your expectations? I want my kids to love the Lord your God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their mind. Now that might mean there's an impetus on us to make sure we are paving the way. We attend, we serve, we're plugged in, we're leading the way. Thirdly, we want to give our kids a faith worth sharing. Say sharing. If we're bored with God, and we don't share faith with our friends, and we're not inviting our coworkers or neighbors to church, do you think our kids are gonna do it? No. We wanna give them a faith that's alive, that's active, it's worth sharing, it's vibrant. In, in other words, it says, impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. In other words, talk about God. It should be a part of life. Hey, let's pray. What's God doing in your campus? Sweetheart, what's God doing in your team? How, how's God helping you here? Uh, the, the, the goal is how do we give our kids? See, here's the thing. I don't want my sons or my daughters just to be the best athlete on the team. I want them to be the most passionate for Jesus on the team. I don't want to be a Christian family. I want to be a Christ-centered family where Christ is a part of conversations and talks and not just something we go to church to talk about. How many of us date God, pick Him up for Sunday, take Him with us to church, and then we drop Him back off and we go on our weekly basis? Friends, if you date God, your kids are probably not going to have a faith worth sharing. It needs to be a part of every part of our life. Because of who God is and because of what He's done. I don't know what God's done in your life. But I look at my life. I'm so blessed. And because of that, I want my kids to be a part of a community that, that, that's worth sharing and be worth having. And, and, and I want them to have standards worth that, that, that to achieve. And, and, and uh, in fact, uh, this, this, this week, we're writing our goals down. Every year, the new year, we gather our kids. We ever write our goals down for the year. And we always ask, what are your spiritual goals? What do you want to read? What do you want to memorize? What are some goals you have with God? What are standards? Now, I, I'm not talking about us being perfect parents, because guess what? 
there's no such thing as a perfect parent. If there's a room full of perfect parents and I showed up for that meeting, I just ruined that perfect parent meeting. I, I stand up here with the rest of y'all trying to go, God, help me. There's times I, I lick my finger and stick it up there to see which way the wind's blowing. God, which way is your wind blowing? Because I need your wisdom today for a situation going on in my home. So I don't stand here having it all together. But friends, I believe this. We can be stronger this year as families and parents and men and women of God if we look and go, what do our kids really need? Not, not what does the culture say they need. Again, next week's Grow Conference. Two weeks from now, we're going to talk about, and I believe I've never, we've never unpacked we're going to talk about what's appropriate levels at, 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 from, from zero to two, from two to five, kindergarten and elementary. What's the appropriate level to talk to our kids about sex and how to talk to them? Before we talk about that, what does the Bible say? Because the Bible is very clear. And I believe if we take the stand as parents, guys, I can't shape what a, it's important what the school board does. But what's more important is what happens in my house discipling my kid before they ever get to school. And so we'll talk about that. But I'd be remiss if, I, if you're here today. Maybe you're here today and, and you walked in the room today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You thought, you know, I'm just going to go to church on uh, the first Sunday of New Year's because I, I want to make sure that I'm in the right relationship with God. I don't know where you're at today, but, but if you left this place today and didn't know who Jesus is, I, I'd be remiss. I'd miss it. Because the, the reality is we all have an expiration in the milk carton of our life. I, someone last service got a call during church, during service that her sister died. We don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. The, the, the question I had today, if you died today, do you know for sure tomorrow where you'd go if you died? If you don't know for sure, you know. The Bible says to be absent bodies, be present with the Lord. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. We all will die and sin will cause death. But we know this, that, but the gift of God is eternal life. We know this, that we're all going to die, but we can, go, we, can go, we can have life with Jesus. So the, so the ABCs of knowing about your future. A, admit your sin. B, believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And C, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you. If you're here today, you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I want to I pray with you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room? You've never begun a relationship with Jesus, but today you want to start. I want to pray with you. Just pray this prayer silently as I pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, today... I admit I've sinned, but I believe you died on the cross to forgive me. Today, I repent. I say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for my sin. Today, I confess you as the Lord of my life. Help me serve you the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to I I know who you are so I can, I, I, I can keep you in prayer. Anyone just lift your hand and say, Mark, I prayed that prayer with you today. Thank you, bro. Anyone else say, say thank you, sir. Anybody else? Anyone else say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you today. Um, thanks for that honesty. Lord, I, I thank you for everyone that's here. Help us to serve you in such a way we bring glory to you. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.